Are you thinking of buying or selling your home? Downsizing? Upsizing? Investing? Are you relocating? Do you want to know your local market conditions? Are you behind on payments? Are you looking for improvement tips? Well, what if your home didn't sell? This is Real Estate with Ryan, your hometown expert and trusted source for the most up-to-date information. And now your host, Ryan Coleman with Hometown Realty. Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're doing well on a Saturday, and thank you for listening to Real Estate with Ryan. I'm Ryan Coleman, owner of Hometown Realty, along with my lovely co-host, April Coleman. Hello, everyone. Hope you guys are doing great today, and thank you for joining us. Got a good show today, uh, a couple of housekeeping issues. Mm-hmm. Spring market's really picking up. Uh, I think we did a survey the other day. Uh, we're helping a customer. 197 homes was just on the market in just a couple of days. Yeah. Wow. So what you're thinking, guys, if you're thinking about looking for a home, don't mm-hmm. worry, some inventory is on the way. That's right. So there's going to be an increase of homes if you're looking for something out there. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is the perfect opportunity to get it on the market where the most amount of buyers are looking. Mm-hmm. I saw the dresses come out, started this week. The prom dresses are out. That's true. It's that time, guys. So it's also that time means that the school closure is coming. So if we're mm-hmm. thinking about moving, relocating, if schools are an issue and you have children and you're maybe thinking about switching school districts or staying in the same district, how important it is to make sure that we have that exposure, that you're marketed to the right audience and make sure that buyers can find you. That's so. true. That's true. And speaking of homes coming on the market, I just want to go down our list of some ones that are about to hit the market really, really soon. And we have Wilkerson Road in 37912. Lakewood Drive just hit out in Loudoun. It's a great one. Check that one out. Bob White Trail in Sevierville will be hitting soon. Loftus Creek in 37924. And we have a couple of lots. Quill Ridge Lane in 37920. And then Mary Lane in Rutledge, Tennessee. And we also have Rockwell Farms out in Farragut. La Paloma down in 37923, a little updated house. And then Colby Station is in 37922. So watch out for those. Busy, busy. So, guys, we've got a great show for you. We're talking about, listen, if you're in the market, if you're thinking about purchasing, selling, what do you do when you find the perfect home? Mm -hmm. How are we going to secure it? So we're going to talk about items that has to be in the sales contract, what you need to know about it. We all take it for granted, but everything's in writing in real estate, and we want to make sure we got you covered. So you find that dream home, whether you've got your home to sell, you need to buy one, we want to make sure it's contingent on inspection. We're going to go over some items today that you must have in the contract and really just break down the contract for you guys that maybe have not bought and sold a lot of homes, or even if you have, you're that experienced investor, hopefully we can give you some tips to make sure whether you're working with us, whether you don't have an agent, whether you're buying new construction, things you need to know that's in the purchase agreement mm-hmm. and things to protect you so you don't lose, either lose that property or lose your earnest money. Right. And there are also a few things in the contract that I think that a lot of buyers get excited about buying a home. And so maybe they're just excited to sign the contract. So they literally just sign their name away and don't really review it. Um, And so also for sellers, I think that they do the same thing. Maybe that they are really excited that their house is going to, you know, have a contract on it. So they just sign away and don't really read. We're going to go through some of those items so that you understand really what's in the contract and what's important to know um, and some things to look out for because a lot of people don't read the details and then 
Stuff happens. In our business, you know, the devil's always in the details, guys. So understanding the contract, it can be cumbersome. That's why you got to have a great agent on your side Mm -hmm. walking you through that process. A lot of the contracts here we'll get into is uh, something that the state offers. It's called our TAR contracts. Mm -hmm. Everyone may differ a little bit, Mm -hmm. but we're going to go through and use that as an example. You're going to see probably 80 to 90 percent of the contracts out there have some of the same terms, same same conditions and things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, so we'll use that as an example. Every contract though could be different. So that's why we always encourage you to, uh, seek legal advice or, um, have somebody else look at it that understands those Mm -hmm. contracts a little more in depth. Always good to have two eyes on it. Right. And today we're going to be talking about residential contracts, not, um, commercial or anything like that. Just, just residential right now. We're not getting to land Mm -hmm. or anything else. So we'll just focus on residential homes and, uh, what we need to put in the contract to make it work. Let's start first and foremost. First thing that is important. Um, I think when it comes down to the money, you need to understand what an escrow deposit is. Mm-hmm. Earnest money, how important it is in the contract. What is escrow money? That's true. A lot of people, some, sometimes they forget or they just don't realize that they have to put a deposit down. Right. So escrow deposit is basically, let's look at if you ever rented an apartment or rented something or bought something, you put like a deposit or a hold. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's good faith money that you're placing on a contract that goes... Um, in an escrow account or in an account, um, if it's held by the owner, it could be held by the owner, but basically held to take that property off market. Mm-hmm. Uh, the contract's going to spell the terms and condition of the escrow deposit. So, for example, we have escrow deposits from $500 to we just had one recently over a million dollars in escrow. Mm-hmm. So Good. what? why it's important and why you need to understand the contract and how it's important, whether it's 1000 or $5,000, if you're not aware of the contract and what's in the contract, you could actually lose your earnest money. Mm, so for sure. five or ten thousand dollars, you don't want to be caught losing that. So we need to make sure you're aware of that and understand that. Now listen, escrow money is held in that account. So if you work with us or any agent in town, they use something called an escrow account. And it's basically an independent account where we hold your money until you close. Mm-hmm. All right? right. And so in that escrow account, um, that's your funds. That's your money. So if you have to bring a certain down payment, um, and you put $5,000 in escrow, don't mm-hmm. worry. That money gets applied to you at closing. That's good. Where it comes into play is for some reason you change your mind, you have buyer's remorse, uh, for some reason that you don't follow the term of the contract, those issues could come across that you may lose that deposit or it could be in jeopardy of losing that deposit. So that's why we want to make sure we cover that mm-hmm. first. We have So make sure you understand that you've got provisions in the contract. Earnest money actually takes the property off the market if you're a seller, listen, you want a good earnest deposit. When you've got a buyer that wants to place an offer on your property that's pre-approved and they put a five or $10,000 escrow deposit or a couple thousand dollars, you got a serious buyer. Mm-hmm. Vice versa, if we put just a couple hundred dollars down, doesn't make your offer look as strong as it needs to be. So keep that in mind. The stronger the earnest money, the stronger the contract. That's true. Very true. I agree with that one. And then another part, um, of course, is your purchase price. And you always want to make sure that you look at, um, I think we had someone that said, you know, I really don't want to offend, I really don't want to offend the seller by making a lowball offer, but these are the conditions that I feel are necessary for the offer that I made. So, And we get that all the time, April. I mean, you know, we get these offers that come in and, and buyers, listen, you know, real estate is always this, and I don't care if we're in a hot market or a down market, a buyer's always going to want to get it for cheaper. 
Right. You know, that's their job, right? And a seller always wants to get it for as much as they can. Always. I mean, that's just life. It's always going to happen regardless of the market. We have to understand that. What we have to understand is that when we get an offer, even if it not, maybe it's not where we want to be, it's an offer, it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you've been in the market for 30, 60 days and no one has made an offer on the property and we get one, we're already a step closer than where we need to be than 60 days ago. Right. That may not be where you want. That doesn't mean that's where it's going to end. Remember, buyers are going to start in a certain price range. Maybe the first offer is not their best offer. That's where negotiating, having a great agent working for you, getting those numbers up, coming back with comps, data, hard negotiation to push that price up mm-hmm. if you're working for the seller. Right. Vice versa, if we're working for the buyer, if you've been in the market 60 days in a hot market like today and you haven't had an offer, that may speak volumes. That may speak that you may be overpriced. Mm-hmm. So things that we need to look at. Right. So we get into that contract, know what your purchase price is, know what your escrow deposit is, and know how much you need to bring to the table. That's very true. So that will all be relating with your lender. We won't get into that, but understanding that those when you purchase a property, the, the the third step would be your closing cost. Mm-hmm. So if we're paying cash, there even there's actually cost evolved. They're called closing costs. There's title fees, recordation mm-hmm. fees, uh, attorney's fees, or title company fees, taxes. All that's prorated. So when you purchase the property, there's something called closing cost. When you make your offer, you've got to make a decision. Are you paying the closing cost? Are you asking for contributions from the seller? Mm-hmm. You want to split the, how do you want to present the offer? Now we see a lot of times in our offers, we're just working on one a couple hours ago. They paid, paid full price, but they asked for some seller help. It was a first time buyer home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting a THDA or a VHDA loan. Uh, THDA, sorry. <laughs> Thinking back in the day, too many loans to remember, but listen, you know, it's a loan that's a hundred percent, but it's a buyer that's very strong credit wise. Mm-hmm. And they, I think it's their first home and they need some seller contributions. So make sure that if you are working with an agent or working with us, you put that in the contract. So um, let's say, for example, round numbers. The house is $100,000. Mm-hmm. We've got $5,000 deposit, $5,000 in closing cost. Mm-hmm. You're going to need $10,000. The A lot of these loans will require that you can have seller contribution or seller, call, seller paid closing cost. Okay. That closing cost uh, will actually limit the amount of cash to close. So sellers, you guys are out there and they say, and I get this all the time, and I think, April, you hear it, I don't want to pay closing costs. That should be the buyer's responsibility. Right. And it always is. And as we're coming on the break, we're going to talk about what's most important in the offer is why you may see closing cost, and how does that affect your bottom line and all the other types of conditions that you must have if you're selling your home or purchasing in this market. Thank you for staying Real Estate with Ryan. We're going to catch you on the other side of the break. Welcome back. This is Real Estate with Ryan, your hometown expert. Ryan talks all things real estate and gives you the most up-to-date information on the Knoxville market and surrounding counties. Ryan Coleman with Hometown Realty. Hi, everyone. Thank you for staying with us on this Saturday. 
We were talking about our topic for today, which is before you submit an offer on a home, make sure all your bases are covered. And we're just going over that purchase and sale contract. And on the other side of the break, we were talking about closing costs and how that's important and um, how buyers ask for closing costs, but the sellers may not necessarily want to pay closing costs. And sometimes they'll say, well, I'll drop the price, you know, 5000 but I won't pay their closing cost. Maybe they get a little offended about it, but they it's do. They take it the personal. Thing. They take mm-hmm. it personal. Yeah, right, some, right. some of my clients are very passionate. Yeah, they're old school. I love them. I love them. They say, "Listen, I paid my closing costs. They can pay back theirs. when I bought mine. They can pay theirs." <laughs> it's so funny. And I'm with you. And I'm with you. But listen, yeah. what we try to do over here, and as obviously in the market, we see a lot of contracts more than uh, most. And, and understanding them and understanding the big picture. Mm-hmm. I always tell my sellers, "Listen, it's never about." Let's not get up in the minutia of the closing cost or a termite or a warranty. Let's focus on what we're going to walk away with. What are you going to net? How much is your closing check? And what can we take to your new home? Or how much can we cash out? Right. Let's do so that. it is very common in this market. And you see them, even if you go up to four to $500,000, you may see some closing cost. And the reason, guys, that you'll see that is financially, it's easier to offset some closing cost in the loan. Um, cash on cash versus uh, bringing the extra five or $10,000 into closing. Right, true. So essentially it limits the amount of buyers out of pocket money mm-hmm. versus if it's in a payment, if they're financing 15 years, 20 years or 30 years, the payment's going to may vary 20 to 50 bucks. Right. So the buyer feels more with the low interest rates of where we have now, it just doesn't make sense to bring the extra 10,000. Right. And who wants to pull money out of their pocket? Right, right. So a lot of times guys, if your offer is, acceptable, essentially we're paying, not all, not all homes have closing costs. Don't, don't think that. I'm not saying that. But if it's in the deal, just make sure we consider it. If they're willing to pay full price and maybe they came off with a couple thousand in closing costs, essentially it's a couple thousand less. Right. So let's focus on the net. And if we need to counter and come back to that and keep that in mind. So I just want to, everybody that's uh, very strong headed on closing costs, just know it's part of an offer. We see it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you want to discourage the offer. Let's work through that and know it's very common, especially in your first-time buyer homes. Very true. Okay. Very true. And then um, I just wanted to bring up what's actually in the purchase and sale agreement. It's actually, um, if you just use the TAR form, it's on the first page. And it is everything that is included and is part of the property. So don't assume that something does stay or doesn't stay. Um, And then... That's why I was saying that it's important to read your contract because on this first page it does say, um, and I'm just going to give a rundown of a few things, and if you sign, then you agree that these things stay. All attached light fixtures and bulbs, including ceiling fans, and any permanently attached plate glass mirrors, of course your heating and cooling, plumbing fixtures, all doors, storm doors, windows, and all window treatments, including shutters, blinds, shades, curtains, draperies, and hardware. So we actually had, as an example, one of our buyers that purchased a home and, of course, read the contract very well, and all of those curtains were supposed to stay. When they did the walkthrough, the seller took the curtains, and they were not very happy. So I think that the seller didn't read the contract that they were supposed to leave them, and the buyer read them and then, you know, wanted the curtains back. Don't take my curtains, man. I know. (laughs) Don't take my curtains. So if it's something as a seller that you want to take with you, when you come back in your counter, then you say, you know, I'm going to take my curtains with me, and you can't have my curtains pretty much. So 
So just remember that. And of course, there is just a lot of other things here that you can read over. Um, just talking about anything that's pretty much attached and remotes and keys and um, outdoor cooking grills that are attached and TV antennas and actually TV mounts for the brackets. So, guys, you know, we've got our big screen TV and we're mm-hmm. going to take it with us to our new house. Yeah. They're going to take a bracket. They are going to take They're going to take our TV, but they're going to take our bracket to hold our big screen TV. So remember to say, no, you can't take my bracket. No, you can't take my bracket, <laughs> nor my TV, or my curtains. Right. So, no, no, it's all funny, but it's not funny when we're closing a couple of days before closing. and and uh, Everything's gone. Mama doesn't want her curtains taken in, you know, yeah. and I'm not battling that the last minute. We want happy, happy at closing. We don't want to fight over exactly. curtains. So, exactly. you know, they've changed some forms. So just keep that in mind, curtains. Brackets, personal property, ideally anything attached to the property is going to stay. Right. But it's in writing. Make sure we got it in writing. That's why nothing's verbal. Always put everything in writing. And Mm -hmm. that's why it's so important that we take time. A lot of these are templated contracts, but make sure we go through those and understand them. Right. And also, even if there's like refrigerators or washer and dryers that are on the MLS that says it's going to stay, I would just go ahead and put that in your contract just to verify that it is going to stay so that it's in in writing. Just because it's in the MLS or an advertisement, right, we don't want to run into a headache. Wrong. So let's just, let's just throw it into an addendum or personal property form. So, all right, let's, let's skip it on as we always move quicker. Listen, what type of financing is always important? Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason that's important is, let's say you're getting an FHA or a VA loan. Some of these properties have certain conditions mm-hmm. that they require. What that means is you may be fine with the condition, but let's say it has something that just came up, uh, peeling or chipping paint on a property that's a little bit older. Some of the banks are really particular about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if the property has peeling or chipping paint, if you're willing to do a VA or FHA loan and the appraiser comes in the last week or two before closing and they require you to do some painting or chipping, mm-hmm. that's a property condition. These conditions are not negotiable. The bank will not loan on them, whether the buyer wants to move forward or not. So either the buyer or the seller, somebody has to get that work done mm-hmm, and they have mm-hmm. to come out and reinspect. So remember, what type of loan and your property condition have a big have a big issue? And so get with an agent or get with us to walk you through that process and make sure that your home will pass that particular type of loan. Right. Exactly. That is very important. Uh, Most important, I want to get to this before we do go out of time. Um, In this market where it's very fast paced. All right. So you've got a home on the market. You've got a home that you're buying or selling. Mm -hmm. And the biggest dilemma, we've talked about the real estate catch 22. And you've got to find another home before you sell yours, or you don't have yet have a contract on it, okay? Mm-hmm. So if we make an offer on another property, there's a couple ways that we can do it. We make sure that it's contingent upon our selling mm-hmm. or then a contingent on ours closing. Two specifically different situations. Now, you want to make sure that if you have a home to sell, in the contract it discloses that if you have a home to sell, you've got to disclose that in the contract or have the financing to cover both homes. Yes. If you don't, you could be in default of the contract. Yes. Which means that bigger deposit at the last minute, the lender won't approve you for both homes Mm -hmm. and you didn't let somebody know or we didn't disclose that. Maybe you thought you could qualify with both and then the last minute becomes an issue, then that could become a problem. So make sure that we have just for your protection contingent on the closing. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't have your home under contract, we can make it contingent upon the sale. Right. So very important tips in there. Now, the contract may come back with other stipulations, but we want to make sure that if you have a home for sale or you're buying, that we mm-hmm. put those contingencies in there. Now, what we seek routinely is that we've got a home on our market. Now, what we do with a competitive market, guys, 
So let's say that we know where we're moving, an opportunity to move with family, Mm -hmm. maybe we rent something, but that's not our first choice. So we're able to negotiate us finding something. So we do this routinely. We get top dollar for ours, and then we have like a 14 to 10-day contingency period. And that contingency is us finding another property. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean closing. That means putting another home under contract. Why that's the best way to do it is um, we've got full price for ours. Mm -hmm. We can demonstrate we've got an active buyer, pre-approval, or they've got cash in hand. Mm -hmm. And then we can put a firm contract and negotiate with that seller to the best favorable terms, not being contingent upon us selling. So in a fast-paced market where we're at now, if you've got your home on the market and it's not sold, I know a lot of sellers would not even consider that or they really don't look at it seriously. And most importantly, your negotiating power is going to be a little bit less until exactly. you have a, an offer on yours. So right. keep in mind that we can put yours under contract and have a contingency period to find something. Right, so that you're not stuck without a house. You're not you homeless or you're not, you're, not, you're not renting or having to move twice. Right. Now, sellers or buyers understand that that's a possibility in this market, and you run that risk, but we discuss all that on the front end. I just want to make sure that if you're um, – building something, new new construction, different contract, mm-hmm. that you have these contingencies in there. We see this on new construction all the time. And so you'll sign the new construction contract. It'll be one-sided by the builder. Got to make sure it's contingent upon your house closing. Oh, definitely. Because if you don't, the builder will have your deposit forfeited or mm-hmm. something in there. Mm-hmm. So make sure that it's very clear that if your house doesn't sell, even if it's a new custom built, that you're not obligated to close that. Right. Now, a, a lot of builders may not take that risk, but if it's in a big subdivision and they're and they have repeat buyers, that mm-hmm. uh, uh, that opportunity is there. Yes. And I'll say the last thing we always go quicker. It's final inspection. So you move out, buyer moves out, moving company comes in. Let's walk through the property and make sure that it's in the same condition that we had it in before. Yep. You got to make, make sure, sure they won't put any holes in the wall. As always, you listen to Real Estate with Ryan every Saturday, 5 o'clock here on News Talk 98.7. And we try to give you the up-to-date information on the real estate market every Saturday, 5 o'clock here. You catch us. Phone number, if you need a 693-SOLD, 693-SOLD, or visit us on ryancoleman.org. Till next week. Happy Saturday. Take care. Thank you for tuning in. You can reach out to Ryan on Facebook and Twitter or his website at ryancoleman.org. Call Ryan anytime at 693-7653. And make sure to join us every Saturday at 5, only on News Talk 987 WOKI.